Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. The prison guard shut the iron door behind me. Howdy folks and welcome back to Grass Talk Radio. As I'm sure you know by now, this show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to, as you just heard. This episode in particular is really about that. This is about something that I have spent uh, uh, maybe too much time in my life thinking about. And today I'm going to talk about how to use this wonderful technology that we have presented to us mostly over the last decade, possibly a little longer than that, and that is video instruction learning to play through videos. I could do a similar episode about learning from books because that was the method for a long time. And I could do and have done episodes about, you know, learning in person. There are a lot of ways to learn something. There is also just learning in isolation. You just have a banjo and you sit there and figure it out and do your own thing. You know, there's a lot of ways to learn, but I'm going to focus today on this super incredibly popular method of learning by videos. And I'm going to narrow it down. I'm talking about videos that, not like the old VHS tapes that were floating around 15, 20 years ago. Those were kind of a different animal because... The old videotape instruction material, oftentimes, because of the, the demands of production, they would you know bring in one of the big stars and have him play a bunch of stuff, and maybe they had one day to shoot the whole thing, and the, the level of detail that went into explaining each individual note oftentimes just simply isn't present there. If you watch like the Bill Monroe instructional videotape, it's a classic, and I do recommend that every mandolin player own that and study it. But that was a case where you watch the video, and then there would also maybe be a booklet with it with tablature, and that tab would be prepared by someone else. Somebody else prepared. I think it was Butch Baldessari that did the tablature. I could be wrong about that, but I think the tablature for those Bill Monroe instructional tapes and then they came back and had sam bush teach it it's kind of a different animal than what you get today you know today if you find an online video teacher such as the material that i have available there are plenty of others out there you know for every instrument and every style Many of these videos are not produced by the stars, the star performers. They're, they're often produced by teachers, people out in the trenches who have taught a lot of private lessons. And then they, they've converted this method of teaching of, that they did through private lessons into a video format. And so let me compare, you know, private lessons versus video lessons. Obviously, there are huge advantages to having a live in-person video, I mean, not video, but lesson from a teacher. You go into the room and there's the teacher and you have this 
30 minute lesson once a week and you do that for a year, there's no question that is a great method to learn, especially if the teacher is a great teacher. They aren't all great teachers. And I, I, you know, freely admit that. And as a beginner, you don't necessarily know who to choose. You may not have many choices. If, if you're, you know, in a, not in a big metropolitan area and, you know, there aren't going to be as many teachers to choose from. And, you know, you just have to make do with what you have. There are great teachers dotted all around the country and around the world. And there are some not so good ones. And many times in a music store, people get roped into teaching something that's not their main thing. You know, you may have a guy who's a fantastic electric guitar player who's also teaching a few banjo lessons. And, you know, that's better than nothing. But when videos came out, when YouTube came out and the ability to transmit digitally a video lesson at a fairly low price, and as the production equipment became less and less expensive, they became a lot more common. And a lot of people who were previously those private lesson teachers began to produce video versions of how they taught. And I am a perfect example of that. I, I think I mentioned in a, in a, in one of the other podcasts that to the best of my knowledge, I think I had, I had the first mandolin video lesson on YouTube. It came out in early 2007 and YouTube started in 2006, you know, not to, you know, pat myself on the back, but I saw this thing as a, a great potential way to teach, but I also had to figure out how to do it, you know, not just the technical side of how to shoot a video and how to edit a video and, and what else would a person need along with that video. Not only did I have to figure that out, but I also had to figure out how do you teach someone when you cannot watch what they're doing? Because a teacher, you know, I've, I've taught a lot of people who've come to private lessons. And the advantage with that is the, the person, the teacher, if they're a good one, is watching what you're doing and helping you make little corrections all along the way. With video, it's a one-way stream. The information comes to you and you're sort of left to your own devices to how you, what you do with that. And so I think that the possibility exists for a lack of success for a lot of people when they get a video and they're trying to learn the contents of the video, but they have not been taught how to, you know, the method of how to learn from a video. And 25 years ago, there was no such thing. There was no method for how do I learn from a one-way information stream? So I've spent a lot of time thinking about this because I've always wanted my, my video lessons. And this could apply to books and eBooks and things like that too. But let's just, I'm going to just stay with video lessons in this. How can you be certain that they work? Well, one of the ways that I can gauge that is when you have a series of lessons to measure how many people who got lesson one 
came back and got lesson two, and then three, and then four, and five. And, you know, that has told me over the years that it's a pretty small percentage of people. In other words, it's a much greater percentage of people who buy mandolin video one. They got a new mandolin. They're all hot on the idea and they really want to learn and they get that first video and you never see them again. Now I will tell you that in private lessons, that same thing happens. A lot of people, you know, they get an idea in their head of, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could play the banjo. And then they sign up for lessons and then they, they don't practice and they realize that there are other things in their life that this wasn't as important as they thought it was. And it was a lot more difficult than they thought it was, would be, and they give up. So I'm not really talking about those people. I'm talking about people who truly are trying to learn but maybe don't have the information that they need to make the best use of that lesson. And I've always said to my students and to myself, talking about private lessons here, I, I mentioned this in a podcast one time that I, that I had a sign up and I would point it out to people and say, I cannot teach you how to play that instrument. Something like that. It's been a while since I had the sign. Um, but I felt it like it was more my responsibility to teach the student how to teach themselves rather than to teach them music stuff, you know, how to play this scale and that chord and all that's secondary to me. What's more important at, especially at the outset of the lesson process was to teach them how to take a lesson, how to practice how to really learn the content that was gone over in the lesson so that they can incorporate it into themselves as, you know, internalized knowledge and skills. I feel like, and have felt since I began teaching that my job as a teacher was to teach you how to learn. And then second to that was to teach you, information, songs, tunes, chords, scales, music theory, all those things. But a lot of people come in thinking that's what they're going to learn. That they're going to learn how to play the blues scale. They're going to learn how to play Cripple Creek up the neck. How to, and while that is the content, that's not really what I'm setting out to teach you to do. I'm using that content to teach you how to practice how to concentrate, how to relax, how to judge your, your progress, how to measure your progress, you know, those sorts of things that is far more important than the individual content. Now at a later stage, when you have developed a lot of skills with your instrument and musical skills and the ability to learn things, you've learned how to learn. At that point, you can kind of shift gears and talk about stuff, the, you know, the, the nitty gritty of like, you know, all those things like scales and modes and, you know, analyze, um, embellishments and, you know, you can get more into the, the nitty gritty of it. Once a person has been trained or they've trained themselves to, how do I, how do I take what he's over there showing me and how do I get to where I can do it? In other words, 
to learn the process of learning. So today I want to talk about video lessons and I'm going to use the example of one of my mandolin video lessons, or I'm, I'm going to assume that the listener is a mandolin player who is attempting to become a better mandolin player through the use of my mandolin video lessons. But remember that what I'm saying here is not meant to be a sales pitch for my mandolin videos. It is that, but it doesn't matter if, if you are learning to play the dobro. I, I don't have any dobro instructional materials and I, I never will. At least I don't think I will. And there are several people out there in the internet who have video, you know, comparable material that is in video downloadable video form and very similar to what I do with mandolin and claw hammer banjo and bluegrass banjo. I don't have guitar materials, but if you're a guitar player or a bass player or a fiddle player or a dobro player or a mandolin player using someone else's materials, these same concepts apply. So what I want to talk about is how do you take a video lesson and get your money's worth, get way more than your money's worth, you know, a private lesson typically, when I was around Atlanta and kind of at the time I wound up my private lesson business, it was 20 bucks a half hour, which is insanely cheap, I think. And, you know, I don't know why I should have probably been higher than that. I knew a couple of guys that charged 50 an hour. Um, you know, they were on the north side of Atlanta. But I was going along there at $20 a half hour. I was 15 a half hour for a long time. But when a person came in for a lesson dropped a 20 in the bucket and we spent 30 minutes together and when they left i you know what they retained at the end of that like when they walked in the following week what they really learned and retained i would say is a lot less than than a person who plunks down eight or ten bucks or you know i don't know what different people charge but most of my videos are in that ballpark you know what they retain from that because you know when you walk out of the lesson you can't replay it you cannot uh you know relive that 30 minute lesson you're sort of on your own and in some cases you may not have certain things written down either and you know most most private lesson people aren't sending people home with practice tracks and you know it's just kind of a different thing, but the end goal is the same. Both the, the live teacher and the video teacher wants you to learn how to play. That's, that's the goal. Because if you learn how to play lesson one, you'll come back and do lesson two. And if you learn lesson two, you'll come back and do lesson three. And you know, I've got 70 videos up there. I would love for you to get them all, but I would, I would really love it if you learned them all. That would be great. Okay, so let's talk about, we're going to pretend you're a mandolin player and you've downloaded a mandolin video lesson. And this goes to what I talked about in the last podcast where I was making the case for choose one thing and learn it really well and then move on to the next thing. You get that constructive tunnel vision. So... Since I was talking about that, I thought, well, I'll, I'll explain how you can actually do that. So let's say you're a mantle player and you select a video lesson or you get anybody else's stuff. 
If you're a Dobro player, you know, you might get lessons with Troy or whoever. Um, there are plenty of choices out there. So now you've plunked down a little money and you've downloaded this thing. And by the way, I think there is a bit of magic that happens at that moment. And there is, there is something. I saw this in myself when I was, when I bought a Dobro video lesson. I became more serious about learning that. I felt like now I have an obligation to fully attempt to learn what's in this video because I reached my wallet and I paid for that. I talked a little bit about that in the previous episode. And I, I had talked about it in that blog post. If you went over and read the blog post that I referred to, and if you haven't done that, you might go do that. There is something that happens when somebody pays for something, they, they put more value on it. Anyway, let's now talk about you have downloaded a video lesson. What's the best way to really learn everything that's in that video? And I'm going to give it to you in 10 steps, the 10 step program. Step one. Don't get your instrument out. Keep your instrument in its case. After you've downloaded and unzipped the file and it's all sitting there on your computer, I even suggest that at that point you turn off your Wi-Fi, if your Wi-Fi, turn off your internet so that you're not tempted to check your email or check your Facebook during this process. You need, you need a little isolation and a little privacy and Start the video and watch the whole thing beginning to end without your instrument. I think a lot of people make the mistake of getting their instrument out, getting all ready and starting it. And I'm, I'm talking about this and I start showing something and you start trying it. I think that's a mistake. I'll come back to mistakes later. Take the time to watch the entire thing from beginning to end. If you do not have the patience to watch the video from beginning to end and, you know, just my, my lessons are usually 15 to 30 minutes somewhere in that ballpark. It's not a huge span of time, but if you do it without your instrument in hand, you're more likely to pay attention to what I'm saying and actually observe what I'm demonstrating. Now, some of it won't make any sense until you begin to do it. I think you need to take in the whole scope of the entire thing. And if you don't have the patience to do that, where are you going to get the patience to practice this stuff? Cause it's going to take a lot more practice to learn it than it does just to watch it. I mean, you can sit down and watch the Beverly Hillbillies for 30 minutes. That doesn't take a lot of effort. Sit down and watch the video, put your instrument away, pay attention, Listen to all what I'm saying. Look at how stupid my hair looks in the video. And uh, watch the whole thing. That's where you start. That shows you what you're about to do. Okay, second step. That was a lot of time on step one. Step two. Along with the video will be a PDF file. Portable document format. Everybody knows what a PDF is. There's going to be a PDF that comes with my videos, and I think probably a lot of other people do it the same way. Open the PDF, 
make sure it'll open look at it I really suggest that you print it if possible because once you print it you're not strapped to that computer or that tablet or that whatever print it if possible now you can have it in your hand you can carry it with you on the bus and look at it you know if you have the PDF look through it look through it is there anything in that tablature or standard notation that you can't decode is there anything that like I I have no idea what that symbol means if that's the case right there at step two stop what you're doing it's possible that you have selected a lesson that includes techniques or information that you don't yet know how to do or don't understand and I can't know that when when you come along and you let's say someone comes along to the website and downloads my Salt Creek video I don't know if you've had lessons for five years or have been playing for 10 minutes I don't know what you know and when I started out doing the video lessons I realized that I can't explain everything in every video I can't eat up 15 minutes at the beginning of every video to teach how to read tablature and show what a slide is and what is a hammer on and I wanted to be able to use these terms without having to reteach them over and over and over and over so if I said these are the first three notes of a major scale I didn't want to have to stop right there and explain what is a major scale because a lot of people would already know what that is and would get bored and it would be just tremendous amounts of duplication so my logic when I created that series of video mandolin lessons was anything that is sort of like needs to be common knowledge so that we can communicate I'm gonna put all that in a series of free videos and they are videos such as what is a chord what is a major scale what is a blues scale what is a slide what is a hammer on how to read tablature and so on that's what I put in those free videos so that as I was in the process of teaching this or that in the video and I mentioned major scale I could I could simply say if you don't know what a major scale is go watch the free video what is a major scale and I could move on but if you're in the middle of a you've downloaded a video lesson and I start talking about a major scale I may not have told you hey go back and you know watch the video but do that if when you when you've got a puzzle if you're looking at that PDF and you've watched that video and there are things in there you don't understand like maybe I'm playing a triplet and I say the word triplet and I show you how to play a triplet but you don't really know what a triplet is go find out first or you're just going to be confused and it's going to be more difficult so there are a series of four mandolin players of free videos that answer all those little basic questions now you might be at another situation where um, you're so new to this you don't know how to hold the pick or you don't know how to tune you don't know how to put the strap on and you've bought the Salt Creek lesson you've gotten way ahead of yourself but I see I don't know that so if you're after you've watched the complete video and you've looked through the tab if you have questions go to the free videos 
and answer those questions. If you watch the video called Getting Started Free Video, you'll know how to hold a pick, you know, and how to tune a mandolin, you know, all those things. I, ca I can't possibly teach all those things in the video, but at that point, after you've watched the whole thing and you've examined the PDF that comes with it, see what your questions are and then go see if I've presented the answer to those questions elsewhere. It could be that the best thing you could do if you're just a, a absolute total beginner would be to go and work your way through the thing I have called the mandolin instruction course, which teaches all those little basic things and then come back, you know, that could be it. Now, if, if you already know, the, if, if nothing I'm saying really puzzles you or anything, then you can proceed on to step three. Okay, so now you're at step three. We got 10 steps. One, watch the video in its entirety without your instrument in hand. So you understand what it is you're, you're being asked to learn. Two, take a good look at the PDF and possibly print it out and examine it. Three, a lot of these lessons, not all of them, but many of them come along with MP3 audio tracks. They could, some of them are pretty sophisticated jam tracks at different speeds for the song. Sometimes it's just a guitar rhythm so that you can hear the chords that would be played by the band behind you. You know, the, the tracks vary with the content of the lesson, but if there are tracks, take the tracks, get them into your iTunes or however you intend to play them, get them imported and at least, you know, listen to 10 or 15 seconds of each one. So you know what you got. So you can say, Oh, okay. I, I see. I have a, a slow version of this and then I have a medium version and I got a faster version and it's, you know, familiarize yourself with the, the tracks that are available because they're there for you to use. And I want you to be able to find them and play them and play along with them. I really suggest that once you've got them, that if you're an iPod user or, or maybe you play music on your phone, that you get them off the computer onto some other device so that you can play them away from the computer. As you can tell, I'm, I'm, this is the second time I've suggested that you don't do this at the computer. It'd be, I feel like it's far better that you print out the material and have the tracks on an iPod this later when you're really just practicing and practicing and practicing the tune and you've been through the video and then you've been instructed by the video. When it comes time to practice, try to get yourself away from the internet because it's very distracting. It's too easy to suddenly need to check your Facebook or something. Okay. So step one, watch the whole video without your instrument. Step two, do the print or examine the PDF and have it ready and make sure you understand everything that's in it. Three, Get the tracks lined up and imported or whatever you need to do there. And step four is preview those tracks. And I, I've tried to name the tracks intelligently so you can tell what they are. But if you feel like it would help you to, you know, change the name in any way, you know, rename them if you want to so that you can get to them at the time. Because what will happen is in the video, I'll say, okay, now, uh, Try that with the slow track. I might just call it the slow track, but you might, it might be called Salt Creek 
at 80 beats per minute, something like that. Okay, now you're ready to get your instrument out. So you get your instrument out tuned to A440. That's what I did before I filmed all the videos so that we sound together. You know, once in a while, I'm sure the hot lights in the studio warped my tuning a bit, but my goal was to be at standard tuning. So get in standard tuning, step six, start the video, pay attention to what I'm saying. Watch the demonstration of how to do something. You know, I'm going to start out talking and, and then start showing you the first measure or the first two measures, something like that. Watch that. Resist the urge to do it with me. And then hit that pause button. Then try it. You know? Now, there are times in the video when I'll say something like, let's try measures one through eight together. Well, now I want you to play with me. So if you pay attention to the instructions and do them, you'll have better luck than if you're playing over me while I'm talking or, you know, I used, there was a case one time I did a, a banjo workshop and it was being filmed. And this thing, I include this video with when someone buys the Flint Hill scrolls, I have a, a copy, a video as a free bonus with that thing of that entire banjo workshop. It, it comes with the book because a lot of what I was talking about in the workshop ended up in that book and they went hand in hand, but there was a, there was a fellow there and, uh, he, he kept playing his banjo over the top of, you know, he, he was just plunking on that thing on and on and on throughout. He was practicing while I was trying to teach and it, it was very distracting and very annoying. I think I even put a little comment in, in the video, when I was um, exporting, editing the video, I put on there, you know, this is what you don't do at, at a workshop. I've seen this with students, you know, I'm showing somebody how to do something and they're trying it with me and they're not listening to a thing I'm saying. You want to do like conversing. I talk, you talk, I talk, you talk, and I play and explain then you try it. But the video has to keep going. I can't, when I'm doing the video, uh, just stop, you know, and kill two minutes of perfectly valuable video time while you fiddle around. Use that pause button is what I'm saying. Focus on what I'm trying to show you. And if I say, let's play it, try playing it with me, that doesn't work. Hit that pause button. Use the pause. You should be stopping and starting and backing up and replaying many, 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 many times when you really try to learn this stuff. It, because what, what happens, I've, I have witnessed this. I have tested this with my students. I used to have students show up for a lesson. I did all kind of crazy things at lessons that would shock my students sometimes. I like I would have a student come in and he, he'd been taking lessons for three months and I would say, okay, uh, today pretend that I'm the student and you're the teacher and that I don't know anything at all. I've never played a banjo. Teach me what to do. And I would play the role of do everything wrong because I thought if they can explain it to me, they can explain it to themselves. You know, I would do stuff like that. Well, one of the things I did as I was developing these video lessons was test them on students. And th there may some, be some of my old students out there listening to this. And if so, you can, 
email me and verify that this is true. There were, there were several cases when I was in the midst of cooking all this up that I would have a, let's say a Madeline student coming over and I'd say, listen, this month you don't have to pay me for lessons. I'm going to give you your lessons for free, but we're going to change totally how we're doing this. Here's what I want you to do. And I would have the video on the computer. I'd have a metronome sitting over there. I would have the tracks all queued up in, in iTunes and I would have the PDF printed out and on the stand. And I'd say, all right, I want you to learn red haired boy. I'm going to just sit over there in the chair and watch and take a few notes. Uh, but you're going to learn it from the video. Just do whatever you feel like. There's your lesson. I'll be over there. See you. And you don't have to pay me. And I would observe what they did. And most people would start the video. They wouldn't listen to the tracks. They, they might glance over at the PDF, but they would be focused on that video. They'd start the video, listen a little bit, and I would teach a little something. They would start playing along with me. And then pretty soon I am now teaching measures five through eight. They haven't learned measures one through four yet. And they're still practicing one through four while I'm talking about five through eight. So they're not hearing me and it's just not working. So after I observed this, I, I would say to them, okay, what I'm saying to you today, hit that pause button. You don't have to get through this 30 minute lesson today. If you learn measures one and two very well today, I would say you've had a good session, a great session. The goal isn't to get to the end of the video. The goal is to learn how to play that thing. So use that pause button. And I learned that by watching it in action. And the people who did that, they made much better progress. There, there were cases in the, in the videos where I would mention something like, now try practicing that with the tracks. Well, maybe they weren't fast enough yet to play it at that speed. You could go to the metronome. Play it at a slower speed with the metronome. Okay, enough about all that. So you've started the video. You want to follow the instructions on the screen and learn that first section. Repeat it as many times as needed. And if you're playing back the videos using the real Apple QuickTime player, because they are QuickTime videos, they are playable on other software, but Apple QuickTime, I pretty sure is still free from Apple for Windows and Mac. It's on all the Macs. If you're using a QuickTime player, I know that you have chapter markers available. And I've inserted chapter markers at the start of every little section throughout the video. So if you're familiar with chapter markers, remind yourself to use them so that you can find locations within the video very quickly. You know, if it's I'm teaching measures one through four, it might say the first part of the A part. That might be measures one through four. There'll be a chapter marker that says that. It might be, you know, measures one through four, and then it might say measures one through four with track. You know, so it, if you're not using the chapter markers, you're missing a good feature. And I know that they're available if you use the real uh, QuickTime player as your means of displaying the videos. So use the chapter markers. And remember that thing about 
if you're playing while I'm talking, you know, you're missing it. You know, I didn't say all that stuff. I wrote these scripts and labored over editing them. I wanted to say exactly what I felt like you needed to know. I don't go off on many tangents like I do in this podcast in those videos because time was of the essence. I had to get to the point. So try not to be playing over what I'm saying. You know, you might miss something important. Okay. Step seven. After you've worked on that first little section, stop the video. And now using only the PDF, the printout or the PDF on screen, try it, practice it without the video going, stop and pretend like, okay, now I've watched the video. Now I'm just going to practice it from using the paper. Do that. Cause you're going to learn some things from that, that might not come across in the video. Sometimes there are little written notes in the PDF, things that I didn't say in the video that I put a little asterisk and, you know, little arrows pointing to a note and things like that. So practice it along with just the PDF, not the video until you can play that section fairly competently. Then you go back to the video and you proceed to the next section and you do the same thing. You learn it with the video and then you practice it without the video Then go back to the video and go into the next section. And step nine, when all the sections are coming along, then and only then should you try to play the entire version of the tune. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is that they're very eager to play the whole song. But if you can't play the parts of the song, you are not going to play the whole song. Get good at the parts. And a lot of these tunes, there's a lot of repetition. So when you learn measures one through four, you may find that when you get in the B part, you're playing a lot of the same kind of stuff. So the effort you put into learning those four measures or two measures may help you very quickly as you work your way through the B part or something. You follow what I'm saying? You probably know these things already. So now you've gotten to the point where you're playing the whole thing. That's when you go to step 10 and that's, you begin to practice the entire version using a combination of either the metronome or the practice tracks that are, that came with the lesson, if any, and, and most of them have them without the video. Now you're just listening and you're focusing on yourself. You don't have to pay attention to me. I'm not interrupting you. You learn it. You practice, you practice, you practice with those materials and you don't need the video for that. That's a good time to have it on an iPod and work your way towards memorization. Try to memorize that thing. And some of these lessons, there are multiple versions of the tune. You're going to go through all these steps to learn version one. Don't worry about version two until you can play version one. Then whenever you're ready to move forward, go back to the video and pick up where you were and learn the next version. Like I said in the previous podcast, don't try to do 10 things at once. Try to do one thing at once and you will have a lot better success. Okay, those are the 10 steps of working your way through the video. And I, I think some of the mistakes you could make, one of them is, is 
you're fiddling around with your instrument while I'm trying to explain something. And if nothing else, that one time through the video at the very beginning without your instrument out, just forbid yourself to play anything and watch the whole thing. At least you got one opportunity to get that into your head. Second thing, a mistake would be not using that pause button. Use the pause button. Use the chapter markers. They're there to help you. Okay. Another thing is it's a mistake to get half good or halfway learn a part, which might be a measure, two measures, or a section of the tune. Get half good at it and then practicing the whole tune. Try to get really good at that section. Then try to get really good at the other section that measures, you know, five through eight. Then put them together. Try to play one through eight. If you try to play from beginning to end over and over and over, you're going to waste a lot of time. Because let's say you have a problem in measure three. You need to practice measure three. One's not a problem. Two's not a problem. Four's not a problem. Five's not a problem, but three's a problem. Practice three. Get three to where it's not a problem. Then you can go one, two, three, four, five without a problem, you know? But if you practice one, two, three, four, five, you're going to get even better at one, two, four, and five, and a little better on three, but you're wasting a lot of time working on one, two, four, and five when three is the one that needs the work. In other words, put your attention on the problem areas. Get those accomplished and the rest then put them all together. Hopefully that makes sense. I, you know, people just waste a lot of time so-called practicing when what they're really doing is playing the stuff they already learned and that one little hard spot or two little hard spots, they're getting a lot fewer repetitions at doing that because they got to play all 16 bars or 32 bars of the whole thing in order to get one repetition at it. Just stop fooling with all that other stuff pick out the hard stuff, try to get comfortable with it, then go back to the whole tune. Okay, another thing that is important to do, and this is true for books, videos, you name it, is go back to square one from time to time. I say this stuff in books and in videos, but I don't think people do it. Because you've learned version one, you're working on version two, there's some tough parts in version two, and you just keep working on version two, and 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 it's been a month since you watched the first little introduction and the first little exercises or something. From time to time, stop what you're doing. Pretend you know nothing. Go back to the beginning and start with step one and do it all again as if you don't know anything. Because you may find things that you thought you were doing pretty well that now you don't think you're doing it. Because once you move on, let's say you've moved on from the first version and you're working on the second version, you're going to forget what was in the first version. And it's going to begin to morph into this thing that you are playing rather than the thing I was trying to teach. And so there may be content in there that has just gone away, you know, because you're not going over it. So all I'm saying is, from time to time, go back to the very beginning and start over. You're going to go through it 
a lot easier, but there'll be little things that maybe you, you realize you thought you were doing that little triplet just fine. But now on in hindsight, going back a month later and trying it again, you see, Oh man, I have, I've been doing something completely different there. So take advantage of that. If you want to get the full value out of these lessons from time to time, go back, start over. I tell people, you know, like in the, in my beginning banjo course, I've got these little exercises and then you put all the exercises together and you end up playing Cripple Creek. And I tell people from time to time, go back and play exercise one. Prove to yourself that you understand the basics. And again, work towards memorizing. Eventually, the point is to not need the video and not need the paper. Try to get this stuff memorized so you can practice it just with the tracks and then try real world. Take it to the jam session. Ask your buddy to come over and play it with you. You know, that's the goal. Go to a festival when they say you're jamming and they say, hey, what do you want to play? You play it. I mean, that is the goal. And possibly the goal really is to be performing it, you know, not just jamming, but you don't necessarily have to go that far with it. Another thing to do that I think is very important is to don't neglect the chords and the rhythm. Now, admittedly, if the lesson is about chords and rhythm, you know, you're not going to neglect that. But if you're working on, you know, Salt Creek, for example, practice the chords and rhythm. And I think in almost every song based lesson, I at least do a cursory quick review of, of the chords, the chord progression stuff. Don't neglect that because, you know, don't give it short shrift as they say, it's very important. And the final tip for all this is now you're, you're attempting to play this with other people is I think it might be a good idea to, print out that PDF and bring it with you, fold it up and stick it in your back pocket. So that when you, when you show up at the jam session, if, if everybody doesn't know the chords to whatever it is you're learning, you can whip that paper out and say, here's, I've been working on this and here are the chords, you know, in case you don't know them, you know, a lot of times you're playing with people who are more advanced than you and they do know all these songs, uh, but sometimes not, you know, if, if your bass player is a beginner and they don't know the chords to red haired boy, they can read those chords off of your mandolin part. And possibly an even better idea is, is that jam session survival book that, that huge $5 investment, the jam session survival ebook, you know, maybe print out the pages of the tunes that you're playing that has the chord progression right on there and bring it with you. It's a lot more fun to play your tune and you got the rest of the people playing the correct chords behind it. You know, you get what I'm saying? So help them out and you can be the teacher and you'll teach them the chords. So that's, that's my final tip. I'm going to do a fast review of the 10 steps. One, watch the whole video without your instrument in your hand. Steady what, st and try not to be distracted by how goofy I look Two, open the PDF possibly print it out, study the PDF, maybe on your lunch hour, take it to work and, you know, step three, add the tracks, play a little bit of them, familiarize yourself with, with the tracks, maybe put them on your, you know, MP3 player or whatever, get them ready to use Four, 
preview those tracks and possibly rename them if necessary, if you think it helps. Five, get out your instrument, tune to A440 and start. Six, start the video. Try to listen when I'm talking and play when I say let's play and stop and start and replay and use those chapter markers as many times as you have to until you can play that section. Then that's sort of step seven there. I, I got ahead of myself. Step eight, learn a new section. Do the same thing with the next section. Could be one measure, could be four, could be the whole A part, B part, whatever. Step nine, when, when and only when all the sections are individually coming together, then work on the whole thing. And usually in the video, I'll do that too. Towards the end of the, the video, I'll be, okay, let's play the whole tune sort of thing. And step 10, use the metronome and practice tracks without the video. And then you might say step 11 is periodically go back to the beginning and go through the whole thing again to see what you missed. That's it. I hope that helps you get more out of video lessons. And, it, you know, it's that problem of if you're taking private lessons from a good teacher, he's teaching you how to take that material and what to do during the week so that you come back the following week and do it well so you can move on to the next thing. If you got a good teacher, they're teaching you how to do that. Some teachers don't do that, and people are left to figure it out on their own, and that sort of divides those who progress from those who don't, because if, if you're left to your own devices and you figure out a good way to practice and, and learn without the teacher's help, then you'll progress, and the person that hadn't quite got that figured out won't make as good a progress. So the teacher needs to teach you how to learn, teach you how to teach yourself and that's all I've tried to do here with how to learn from video lessons. If you've got any additional suggestions of things you think I may have forgotten or never thought of, email me. You can go to bradleylaird.com. There's a contact button at the top. Send me an email. Give me your thoughts, and I'll share them with everybody else. Also, on the show notes page for this episode. If anybody adds any additional tips or thoughts on this, I, that's where I'll put them. I'll put them over there on the show notes for this episode. Hopefully this wasn't too incredibly boring for those of you who may be listening to the show purely for entertainment purposes. But I think these things apply. There's a lot in here about how to subdivide what you're your goals. Don't think about, I'm trying to learn the tune. You're trying to learn that measure and perhaps half of that measure and perhaps one note, break it down into discrete units, learn those, and then put them all together. And it's a whole lot easier. Anyway, I hope you learned something and thanks to everybody who has been supporting the show, either through the grass talk radio supporter thing, or simply by, you know, grabbing some of the stuff that I sell or, and I really appreciate this, sharing links to the show with people that you know who are also in the same boat as you are trying to learn to be a better bluegrass player. Hope you had fun, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. <laughs>